This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to the Fireside Chat. It's episode... What is it? It's a lot. It's up there. ...of the, the Sleeper and the Bust. I think it's 567. And, uh, yeah, 567, I guessed it. Look, Look at, at you. Me. And we're talking the Rocky Mountain Way, yes. which you just explained. But explain it for the audio folks. Well, I'm Nick Pollock. What is happening? What is happening? I'm excited to do this again. It's going to be simulcast, so we'll be here this on Pitcherless as well. Sorry for the audio quality. We're in the middle of a hotel lobby. Hey, we're so we're doing a live on Twitch right now. Hey, guys, what's up? Uh, yeah, we're working, that's right. That's we're going right. to talk about Rocky Mountain Way. We're going to start pitchers Explain that it. are average. Sorry, you're going to start all the Rockies pitchers outside of Chad Bettis against average or worse opponents on the road, and you're going to start them against pretty weak bottom-tier teams at, at course. Okay. Like today. So, we saw one such pitcher today, that's Tyler right. Anderson. Check it out, we did a broadcast on we our did. Twitter. We broadcast two half innings. It was a lot of fun. Um it's always dangerous to start Colorado starters, right? And I think that's never been more clearer. Uh, it's never been clearer than with John Gray this year. He's been an abject nightmare. Yet Absolutely. he comes in as the most talented. He is going to be our leadoff guy here, though, because I still think, even at the end of the day, even with the struggles, he's currently the most desirable starter that they have. Well, right, he has the highest upside. Um, he currently has a 28.6% strikeout rate, and that is obviously something we want to go for. What's really exciting, too, is a 13.5% whiff rate. Mm-hmm. So he ha- obviously showed that yesterday. Uh, it was against the Marlins, 12 strikeouts, 7 uh, pitch, 101, no walks. And actually, his last three starts have been, he's been demolishing it with strikeouts. You know, 10 strikeouts, 9 strikeouts before that. Two games of five as well. It's just, he's such a headache. He's had so many games. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. His la- before yesterday's games, one, two, three, four, five, six of his last seven games have come with at least four. Runs. And this is John Gray. And, and I actually quoted you in my piece when I wrote about tapping the Rockies for Gray or oh, Freeland. I like that. And uh, and look what I included there. Look at the look at this little. Pick. Oh, even if he has one, has a great start one day. We were so worried about the next one that his that the stress level is so not worth it. And, and that's right. That's John Gray specifically, right. because he's the best one. He's the one that people chase, understandably. But he's been far from the best one. So I do think that some of the others merit even more more detailed mention. I do want to get some final thoughts on John Gray, though, right? Well, yeah. For the rest of the year. How are you treating him? What kind of league can you actually go for John Gray in oh, it's so at, at, the, at, at this point in the year? So I talk about it a lot where, I don't know if you noticed this too, but no one wanted to talk about John Gray in the first month of the year. 
No, because... Because we didn't know what to do. Exactly. And it was just completely like, what do we do? I don't know. No one, no one no. wants to make an opinion, myself included. And, I, and at the end of... I think it was the end of April, maybe early May. I was like, wait, we're all kind of avoiding this. We need to talk about He's it. He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, he'd been I mean, terrible. No, I've been saying he's got a 552 ERA. I've been dropping him every, you know, yeah. a ton on the list. Now, I will say that his slider is super good. It is a money pitch. It's actually a Bitcoin. Over 40% O swing, over 40% zone rate, and 20% whiff rate. Is that, Bitcoin, that is Bitcoin, Bitcoin 20% whiff rate. Uh, but if you want more on money pitches, you're going to have to listen to the, uh, last Sunday's podcast yes. where we talked about it. We could even have some exciting news on. on Money pitches. Oh but yeah, that's, that's well, an you know, thing. We'll, we can't, we'll talk can't about that later. That. Okay, so John Gray has a money pitch, right? Well, he has. I mean, he also has a curveball that just hasn't gotten the results. It's almost there. It's a thirty-seven percent zone rate and ninety percent whiff rate, which is really high for a curveball. I mean, we're talking about sure. that too. That curveballs generally have lower whiff rates than your slider or changeup. It's just that the fastball has just been you know, screwing him up a lot, and you want to you want to think. That Marlins game is that. That's it, right? Like he's figured it out. He's, but it's he's got, the Marlins. It's the Marlins, right? You blame it on the Marlins. And I, I still, I mean, if I'm in a 12 teamer and I'm far behind in a roto league, where I need to catch up in strikeouts, I just need to do this. I mean, yes, I see that. Uh, I guess it's 31 strikeouts in his last two, three starts. Yep. I've got, I've got. I the, would chase that in I've a 12 teamer. I've got the comparison for you. I got the, I got the question. Okay, what's the question? John for? Gray or Luis Castillo? Oh man, it's Luis Castillo, but. I hate everything. I hate, so, I hate life. Um, <laughs> the, pro- the problem there is that his velocity is, is, is down to 95 instead of 96 yesterday. And changeup was better, but changeup needs to do so much more. Absolutely. God, I'm so upset. So John Gray right now is somebody that's still a fringe 12-teamer, probably a, a, a spot starter, if that, in 10-teamer. Right. In 12-teamer, is he what I like to call a roster streamer, where you're going from reserve to starting or are you using him in your lineup more often no, than yeah, not? No, yeah, you're pretty much doing the Rocky Mountain way. So, of course, the biggest question then is what is the remaining What's schedule coming up? For, for the Rockies? And what they have coming up, they are going to uh, L.A. Well, it's a mix. They're going to San Francisco and L.A. for a nice West Coast road trip this week. Okay. For Gray, it is San Francisco. Not so easy. Not so easy, but, I mean, right, they're... but again, it's like average offenses. Yeah. And they're borderlining it. They're not like... They're not like the elite offenses, Correct. but they are bordering that top ten. Uh, I think if you do need it, I would be going after that for strikeouts. He gets San Francisco back to back in a home and home situation. But then the home is Coors, though, and that's that's not the Rocky Mountain way because that is only against weak teams in Coors. I don't know if I can hold a guy in twelve teamer like that. Then I think he's that's more fair. Of a yeah, it really. Dep- I mean, I know guys that have like their eight people that like yep, I'm locked in. Yes, and then there's other people that are always kind of working, right. working the wire there. So that's that's John Gray. We're gonna yep. go ahead and close the book on him. Long term dynasty situation. Are you still chasing him? I would say that he's actually a decent value because I could imagine that the Rockies get rid of him. That he gets traded somewhere, something like that. And he, obviously his value doesn't go up in that regard. Yes. And we don't think that this he's that bad. As I was saying before, six of his last seven of four runs plus. He's better he's at home that last bad. year too. That's the funny thing about Gray. Well, that, was that, was, that was also based on the opponents he faced. Of course. But it was, the thing that, yeah. it was still kind of funny. Right. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Let's move on to our next guy, which is Kyle Freeland. Yes. And I'm not going to say that there's a great difference between Kyle Freeland and Tyler Anderson. No, I wouldn't say that either. we did both definitively say Freeland. When we were ranking them just right. before the show, we were like, no, Freeland's two. And we didn't even question it. Yeah, we, that's so, exactly how we felt. Yep. By the way, I want to remind people, we're talking about a former uh, number eight overall pick here with Kyle Freeland. Uh, oh, the I didn't hometown boy. I did, I did not know he's that. He's supposed to be 
something. And I remember right. when he was drafted, the coverage was like, yo, this guy, you know, he can be their next guy to, or, or maybe their first guy <laughs> to actually tame Coors and be sure, a damn yeah. fine pitcher. He's a pretty damn good pitcher. Yeah, so he's, he's a very command-focused guy, also ground ball heavy, you know, 48%. This year, 43, actually, really, I should say 54 last sure. year. Uh, 20% K rates and about an 8% walk rate. He's kind of a tease a little bit. That, that's a phrase I have, the end of an era or ERA, where okay. they, they overperform slightly. I mean, last year was a 410 ERA and a 5 Sierra. Yes. And then it's a 355 ERA this year with a 422 Sierra. And where that's rooted is, of course, he has a, it's just like kind of across the board, 80% left on base rate this year. Uh, 284 Babbitt, that I guess is, is all right. I mean, I would think more in cores with the high ground balls that you would get a higher Babbitt than 284 slightly, but I'm not going to really hold that against him. I mean, I think he has a 355 ERA right now. I'd say he's like a 38. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think even his FIP of four. I'm yeah, not, that's not like about a right. huge yeah. FIP guy or whatever, but, yeah, but that, that, that matches right. up. And yeah. the big thing for Freeland this year was a, a uh, five tick increase in the strikeout rate. He, sure. When it was last year, even last year when he had a 410 and he'd throw some good games, I would look at that 16% strikeout rate and I would vomit because right. this is the worst right. place to be to a that. contact heavy guy. Yeah, sure. Like you just cannot do it. So I, would, I was scared of him. This year I see 20%. I can live with that. It's not great. Right. But you have to have kind of your strikeouts mapped out elsewhere. Does he exceed the Rocky Mountain way at all, or does he have to be no, still a firm no, Rocky Mountain No, he's completely that. I mean, I, will, I do like that his first pitch strikes have gone up to 61% uh, from 50, uh, 55% last year. That's why you have fewer walks, and I think it's part of the K rate. The whiff rate is still 8.7. Does the park impact anything uh, on the command? Because we talked about well, how he's a, a, command, question. a command guy. Not even necessarily a control guy, which I think is to his benefit, by mm-hmm. the way, to have a 9, 8-9% walk rate not give in in that park specifically. But is there anything in the park, whether how it plays or just the elevation itself, which I don't know if that, you That's a really know, good question. I mean, that can tell chat would still have terrible walk rates when he, when he was well, there and gone. I, yeah. By the way, I think that that was obviously clear that, listen, he's just not that good. Right. Because <laughs> he still had a five walk rate on the road. Oh, we, should, we shouldn't have thought he was going to. I would say, okay, so we, what do we normally say about pitches in cores? What, what does it do to them? It flattens them out, right? Yes. So I would actually think that would mean you'd be in the zone more often. Sure. Because you start in the zone that doesn't fall out. Uh, so that's something to consider there. I wouldn't really think that now command is major, is so different that we need to react on it. Now, he doesn't have a lot of stuff that moves, though. Right. right. Well, fastball, yeah. cutter, It's change. all about subtle movement. Yes. So is that the way to kind of tame Coors? You're not working a big overhand curve? Or, that might or be it. Slider? That's true. I mean, great still gets strikeouts, of course, inside of Coors. Yes. And it, again, even with weaker opponents last year, he did have success with that. Uh, that. That's a very good point. But again, as you said, if you're, commi- if you're contact heavy, that's it's not always, a good thing it's to always Coors. Uh, it's really interesting his pitch mix. I don't. He doesn't have a money pitch. No, not even close. Nothing close. And it's this really is Kyle just Freeland, that, by the way. Yeah, Kyle Freeland. It's just that cutter is very effective. I, I don't really like to trust into that much. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. His cutter played off with his fastball. I should say fastball's way overperforming. We've got 247 career innings from Kyle Freeland of a 389 ERA, 437 FIP, 140 WHIP. Is this peak Kyle Freeland? <laughs> Are we yeah, already, are we already kind, kind of, of there? I mean, he's not a 355 ERA guy. That's the thing. Yeah, and, and this year, by the way, I'll mention that it's a 126 whip, so it's a lot different than last year's 149. Sure. But is he a 4-130 sort of guy? 
with with poor strikeouts thus yeah that's about it and that to me isn't like that's why it's a rocky mountain way because he's gonna have those bad starts but you, it's going you, to overweight but that's why you he has value if when you curate it's, him properly right that's yep. the thing exactly okay. so that's Kyle right. Freeland yeah uh, let's but, start go ahead Did you have last thing? that I have I just I just looked this up 236 average allowed on four seamers this year which is just ridiculous that's not that's, that's not gonna really happen. really that's, really that's really about hard to 600 do. thrown yeah, that's really hard I don't, to do. I don't see that sticking at all. Yeah, okay, so that's Kyle Freeland. Now let's get into some of the more distressed assets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyler Anderson is a bit of a Kyle Freeland light. Right, perhaps, sure, yeah. Or yeah. more of a volatile version thereof. Let's focus on him first, and then we'll get to the uh, the pain in the ass that is so Hermione Marquez. What is, I'm, I'm going to cover it up so you can't okay. see it. What is the whiff rate on overall for Tyler Anderson this year? The swing and strike rate? Yes, mean? yeah. On all his pitches? 11%. It's about 12, and it was last year, too. I know, right? See, I love Tyler Anderson last year. Even like Kyle Freeland Light, you would think it's better, but then the consistent command isn't there from Tyler Freeland. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) We mixed them. From From Tyler Anderson Anderson compared to Kyle Freeland. Uh, But it is the same K rate, 20.4% from Anderson this season, uh, with about the same walk rate at 8.3 as opposed to 8.2. It's really kind of weird. Now, we got to watch him today. What did you think of how he executed the pitches in, in the spots that we were really focused on. He has that yeah. same four-seam cutter change-up arsenal that Freeland does. Sure. Uh, he'll mix in a curveball literally like two or three, and I bet those are those cutters that we saw that were Right, that was weird. I, I remember looking up to the board every time to confirm it because it's kind of weird where we were and stuff. Yeah, we didn't and have a great they didn't angle. show up. I'm like, what? They That's, missed it. And, and not helping. Even, even some of the sliders that, that sliders they were termed, those looked like just cutters that had a little bit more. Right, well they, I mean pitch info doesn't even have exact cutter. So I'm does, sorry, slider, it's all cutter. So Tyler Anderson is working with a similar arsenal, not working quite as well with it, but but the profile suggests more upside. Can he pass? Right. Can he pass well? I think so. Can he pass gray? I, well, I don't think he's really gonna pass gray because he won't have that same K upside, even with that whiff rate. I just don't think it's as... I mean, it is sticky in a way because it is 12% from last year. And it, and it was 11% in his first year. Like, he's a firm 11 right. to 12%. You want to be double digits, and this is swinging strike rate. It's just a good indicator of, of strikeout potential. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at the, the strikeout numbers that he's put up this year. It's like he had stretches of 3, 3, 4, 2, 4. It's so frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating. And it does make me think that the execution yeah. isn't always there. Like, we saw one at bat. We, were, we did it live. Check it out on our Twitter feeds. You'll see Alex Paris, Paris, two half innings. What's up? And uh, we're talking about one at bat. I believe it was Brian Anderson. He kept throwing yes. the changeups down in the dirt. And you can see that actually has a sub 40% O swing and a sub 40% zone rate on that changeup. But it's about like an 18%. Uh, with rate as well. He eventually so, got him, but not with the pitches that we were calling. Right, and well, he wanted it. Yeah. He wanted to get it, and he just couldn't fully do it. And I think that's always a problem. You still get whiff rates on it because that's how he uses it. But because, because like, think of it this way. Um, he's going to have a low O-swing, low zone rate because he doesn't always execute it. But when he does, he gets the result. He gets the result And that's wants, why yeah. it's going to be close to 20% because that's only how he uses it. But it's just not consistent, like with everything else, of sort of like getting strikes with it too, and then earlier encounters, that kind of thing. So, I'm not really buying that that higher whiff rate translates into the strikeout rate, it, and it hasn't. And I, I think we saw it plain as day yeah. today watching him. He did get eight strikeouts, by the way. Day. It oh, it was an amazing day. Wonderful day. Uh, but let's give credit. Eight strikeouts yeah. today, even against the Mar- Marlins. He pitched well. Yes. But there were parts where we were just like, no, 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 just go to this. You right. got it. But he does have an above-average swinging strike. This is Tyler yes. Anderson. An above-average first pitch strike and an average O swing. 
what exactly, um, you know, what, what is the upside here then? We got Carson Sestouli creeping. Come on in, Carson. <laughs> Come on, Carson. Why don't you jump on the stream here? <laughs> On video? Yeah, yeah we got it right Twitch, here. And then we're recording for the podcast. Yes, oh, they on. do. Yes, they do. Carson Sestouli. Carson Sestouli, ladies and hey. gentlemen. What is that? We're now talking that's a, about that's a mustache. We're talking about Tyler Anderson today. What Did, did you watch any of the games Did you today? watch any of it? You know, actually, I got to uh, speak to some people in the uh, Rockets front office while that was happening. Did you get anything that you can give us? Hmm. Whether um, about Tyler Anderson or, so or anything. So I spoke with some folks who were involved perhaps in the more progressive end of the Rockies front office, so they're gonna now have weed in the in the dugout. So yeah, there's a lot of well, no, they don't do they do it's mostly edibles. <laughs> edibles in the dugout. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those sunflower weed do. sunflower seeds. <laughs> they, yeah, weed, it's, weed seeds. It's, it's actually is it pigs? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm marketing it. Weed okay. seeds. They do uh, well. No, yeah, they're they're really looking into it as like a as like a sort of a non. It's like a performance. In it. Anyway, it's like they're getting great results is the point. I mean, not on the baseball field. Like, everyone's just way more chill. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. the clubhouse is super chill. No no fights whatsoever. No, there's no fights at all. No, uh, no. I was speaking, I was asking, like, about, um, I don't know, maybe some of their strategies for player development, etc. And also, like, um, because the Rockies don't necessarily have the reputation as being one of the more progressive clubs. Correct. Sure. Um, in terms of data, but... Uh, a certain individual uh, was reassuring me that they're advancing. It's, it, it, well, no, no, there's no, 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 not necessarily advancing. That, that there's definitely like a presence of that in the front office, um, and that, and that, I mean, and it could sort of confirm, I guess, my sense that all 30 clubs have some kind of. They all, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. my, my my beloved Tigers were kind of late to the to the mm-hmm. pool, but now they're there. They've got a presence. Yeah. I, I mean, if you don't now, I mean, just fold up, just, just contract if right, you don't yeah, have a, yeah. a stats presence. Um, but the, the theme wait of the a cast here. Wait, wait, wait. Yes? Is this Nick Pollock? Do you have an ad blocker on Fangraphs.com? Uh, I shouldn't. Maybe I do. Am I allowed to cuss on this program? No. no. Oh, no, not on the podcast. No, you can't. No, I won't, I won't. I'm so sorry. Stream, I will take yeah. it off. I think that is BS is what I think this is. <laughs> Nick Pollock, a writer uh, for Fangraphs.com, has his ad. I had no idea. We, you know, we. I didn't realize the ways we survive from ad revenue. Oh, I understand this. I know that on He runs his own site, and I told him I would take my ad. Right. See, okay. Off so that's website. actually why. Now, no, actually, if you I'm would like for to, him to do it. <laughs> if you would like to avoid the distortive effects of advertisements, let's, let's do it right then you now. Can acquire, you can acquire no. an ad-free oh, membership. No, no, it's on. It's on. And in fact, as if, a staff writer, why doesn't he already have? Yeah, why don't you have it? Have you not reached out to David Appleman? Yeah, no, that's me. That's on me. I'll see. That's a real problem. I'll take that. I'll take that. Oh, these are lovely. But anyway, do you have anything on uh, on starting pitchers from from Colorado? That's the theme here. Oh, that's the theme you guys have. We're really focused on. Uh, we talked about John Gray, Tyler Anderson, Cal Freeling, Tyler Anderson. We're yep. about to get into Marquez. Do you have any thoughts on on Herman their Marquez. staff? Yeah. Well, uh, did he make? Did he ever make a fringe five? Did any of them ever make? Her- a fringe Herman five? Mar- Herman Marquez did. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other Rockies players that might have made. Well, actually, not a pitcher. Mike Talkman. Yeah, what what is his deal? I know we don't do much much hitter uh, much with hitters, but I am interested, intrigued by any Colorado hitter. Yeah, it seems so like so. Talkman's interesting because uh, yeah, so I think um, I think they have they have like f- five to seven left-handed outfielders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that that might make sense. Talkman. So Talkman right now is a Triple A, um, and he has dominated that level. And I don't just mean in terms of result stats, but if you look at his numbers at Albuquerque, for example, right now. Uh, he has, he's, his contact rates are excellent. 
Um, he has a, a somewhat discerning eye. And even if you account for the fact that he's playing at the, at the Pacific Coast League, and even if you count for the fact, I don't off the top of my head, I don't necessarily know what Albuquerque's park factors are. It's pretty substantial, like it's a sure. wild park. But if you, but he's he's putting up great numbers. If you, you could adjust it all you want. Oh sure, right. Yeah, you can adjust it all you want. He's got a one fifty eight WRC plus. Mike Talkman does. Right, and so, but if you look at his major league numbers, so he's put in what you actually have his player page up right now. Yes, and it's he's a, got a seventeen WRC plus, close to forty percent, and and. and, and in, in 69 plate appearances. In, a, in what one might consider a nice amount of plate oh, appearances. Thank you. Thank you. Thank he you. has struck out close to 40% of the time, which is uh, totally anomalous oh, right. uh, relative to his minor league record. Exactly. I know so, you were making the point with the PCL, but the, the caper walk isn't necessarily, you know, that's not what we're talking about when we talk about the PCL doing things. Right. Wait, yeah. No, if you look at some of like, the indicators that translate fairly reliably to the major leagues, he actually exactly. possesses... So there's only one other player whom, in my admittedly limited knowledge... Uh, possesses a similar sort of um, lack of uh, continuity between his minor league and major league strikeout rates. The other one is Travis Jankowski. Oh, I don't yeah. know with Jankowski yeah. at all. I am. Um, but Jankowski is a really interesting player. He put up excellent contact rates at the minor league level. Um, he has plus to plus plus speed. Uh, he's been excellent uh, on the bases and in the field. And this year, perhaps, uh, he's actually put it under wrap. He's, he's, he's controlled it. it a little bit better. But if you were, for example, to uh, just confine it to his major league, you would see that he had struck out close to like 25, 30% at other, at other points in his major league career. Whereas during the minor leagues, uh, he was down, I think, probably in the 15% level. So, so Jankowski and Talkman, now they're different players though. Jankowski more of a slap speed hitter. Mm-hmm. Talkman more of a power guy? No, no. Oh, false. Also, also, is he more Actually, of a uh, I would say in terms of tools, he's not, he's not really co- comparable to Jankowski. Who, has plus plus speed. Yeah. But uh, Talkman, no, Talkman's a weird oh, guy. He's not he, a power guy. Pardon me on that. Talkman came out of Indiana um, and he was. What a lemonhead. I, th- I think, like, even though. I don't necessarily know when he was drafted, but I think he received literally a $10,000 bonus. He was round 10 in 2013. That's he received sounds a ten, about right. He received a $10,000 bonus. That's wow. um, So right. he was basically like a non entity at that right, point. Right, right. Um, but he. Uh, He's performed in the minor leagues, and he and he can handle center field. He's not necessarily an asset there, um, but he actually his profile at the minor leagues. If you take for granted that numbers from the minor leagues translate somewhat regularly to the major somewhat, leagues, yeah. he looks like he actually should be of some benefit to the major league club. Look at so, that pitcher cast go. giving you a hitter, Mike Talkman. Carson Sestuvi yeah. with the impromptu. Thank you. Yeah, and I also I, I, I was walking by here because I have to pee. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go do that. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining oh, us, Carson. That was great. All right. That was, that was a, the, the perfect interruption. And now to, to seal it back with Tyler Anderson, the most interesting thing I found yes. here is that in the last five starts, he has increases his change-up pitch value from a negative three mark to a positive three mark. We saw some pretty good change-ups today. It right? Was, it was hit and miss. You, you, just, you just do it. Negative three beforehand. The last five starts has been a positive three. That was good today as well. That's huge. So that could be good. Also, Cutter essentially was a middling pitch. Now 2.7. This is entering today, of course. So we that's saw Saturday. Him bust that Cutter in to righties. Oh yeah, I mean that's what, that's what he does well. He's actually very good. Does a very good job of going back over the plate. Uh, sorry, backdoor it and of course front door it to right-handers. Biggest problem, of course, is that four-seamer that he just gets beat on too often. Garbage. Even striking guys out. I remember which one was it. Maybe it was Brinson. Brinson. Or it's just right down the middle. And it's oh, still... and um, oh no, that, that was Arenado. Who yeah, missed yeah, that. against yeah, Trevor right. Richards who missed that. But uh, if you see him again, we talk about it often. I am a firm believer four-seamers always should be elevated. 
keep it out of the bottom third of the zone, keep it out of the middle, just go upper third and you'll have success with that. I firmly agree. By the way, he runs a, a reverse platoon, a strong reverse platoon that so far That doesn't surprise me year. at all. No, it doesn't. When, you're, when you're cutter heavy. Cutter change up. Exactly. No, I, I completely agree there. Okay, so that's Tyler Anderson. Yep. Now let's go over to Hermaine Marquez. Man, I really wanted this to be the year for him. I, I was pumping him up a little bit, not to Luis Castillo levels or anything like that. Sure. I, I can temper my excitement for any sort of uh, Colorado Rocky, but I really liked a lot of the things I saw last year uh, out, of, out of Marquez, thinking that there was something to build on. Yep. And there might be, because here's the thing we always talk about. It's kind of a mantra in baseball, let alone fantasy. Prospect growth isn't linear. So right. just because he's taken a downturn this year, just because Luis Castillo has, Luis Severino did, mm -hmm. hundreds of others, doesn't mean that they're they're destined to kind of be that new poor level. But it has been a poor season for him. 520 ERA, 147 whip. Strikeouts are still there. They're actually better than last year, but home runs were an issue last year. They're a bigger issue yeah, this exactly. year because you add a walk to it and you're already allowing about nine and a half, ten hits per nine. And that's problematic. So, what what does Marquez have to do to kind of uh, improve? Like, what are what are his big steps to improve? Well, he's lost whiffs on his on his curveball while also losing its zone presence, and that's turned into a positive pitch for him. That he actually turned to a lot for strikeouts, near fifty percent strikeout rate last year. Now it's thirty. What do I got here? Thirty-seven percent strikeout rate. Uh, with a 12.5 percent whiff rate. That's not good enough. No, that's just not it. And he's not even getting beat that often with it. You know, it's a 215 average. He's allowed uh, three home runs, four doubles on 287 thrown. That's fine. He can deal with that. But when he's not getting enough strikes with it, he's not getting enough O swing, you know, 35%, not enough chases off the plate either. This was a very beneficial pitch room last year. He's just using it differently. Yep. That's not going to cut it. Uh, it's just, it's a little bit all over the place. If you look at Marquez's yeah. base skills, they're still in line. In fact, like I said, strikeout rate's up a little bit. Walk rate is too, but. He had a 14% strikeout minus walk rate last year. He's right. at 13% this year. Ground ball rate's similar at 45, 45 last year, 44 this year. I really do look at these home runs and hits, though, and obviously that could be particularly... I mean, he's just giving up damage. He just yeah, gets right. beat. It's his fastball. I mean, his last, also last four starts have been terrible in this way. Uh, he's allowed seven home runs. In, he had a three-game stretch of seven home runs. That included home against the Dodgers, which should follow the Rocky Mountain way, but it yeah, obviously didn't work. He hosted it. Got this Arizona, which, which kind of a joke with way, us. He's just killing us because they're now a good team. <laughs> Do not use full season stats for Arizona now that Goldschmidt is alive and best. See, this is the problem, though. This was a complete tangent. This is the problem with. Uh, with assessing offenses and screaming and stuff. Like, how do you do it? Do you do the full season? Do you do the last two weeks? I, I, I try to do months. I, like, I, I don't have an answer. I might have I, an I answer for you next year. We, 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 we might have a good method for it. There may be some answers via, coming. Via BPR. I don't know what that is. Let's move on. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, okay, so. Um, right, so, so it was home against the Diamondbacks. Then he went away to the Phillies. Which I find is a difficult spot for a lot of people. Yeah, that is interesting. And I know that Citizens Bank burn. is like known for being good, and obviously Philly's Phil offense, you would think. And Philly's offense is, is pretty good, but like no, I know I, I wouldn't say that. I find it to be especially difficult um, mm -hmm. going into Citizens Bank for folks, and then he followed it up with an okay outing against the Mets. But that's a team that's Rocky Mountain. Way. I wouldn't say this is okay. Four earned runs, four strikeouts in six innings in Colorado. Man, I'm sorry. You just well, gotta, I mean, but the, the Rocky Mountain Ray, well. Well, the Rocky Mountain way is that it's okay. No, I understand. And you would that think that that would work. You are hoping for something more. Right, I would like a minimum of a quality is that Ryan start. Spielborgs? I wonder if we can get <laughs> Ryan Spielborgs to be on our podcast. Hey, Ryan. Ryan Spielborgs here. 
Yeah, can yeah. you come say hi to my Twitch stream real quick? <laughs> Twitch stream? Yeah, Twitch stream. Yeah, we're, we're doing, doing a podcast. live. Uh, what are we doing on the Ryan's Twitch? Billboards. Yeah. We're having the, a great time. Uh, uh, sideline reporter? What do you, what do you call yourself? I, on, the, on the field. I'm a broadcaster. Yeah, he's baseball. broadcaster for the Rockies. All right, you guys look at, you look at the same stuff I look at. We're talking about, well, we, we both work for Fangraphs, and he runs a oh, site sweet. called PitcherList.com. Yes, I read I've heard you stuff. quote Fangraphs. That's all why I love you. Uh, you're the best part of, of y'all's broadcast. I'm going to fanboy out. Thank I don't you. care. That's okay. Um, but we're talking about y'all's pitchers. Okay? Yes, and we're talking. currently talking about Marquez and his season. Obviously, he's been up and down. Uh-huh. One quick little tidbit. You got anything for us that you've been noticing from him that he can improve on to kind of bump this uh, 520 down? Okay, so you got to look at first inning runs. Okay. So with Vermont, it's, it's taking a little bit of time for him to get his curveball established like early in the game. Sure. Um, so if you're looking oh. at... There you go. There's a number to pay Billboard nailed it. Yeah. 11-18 OPS in the first inning for Marquez. 17 of his earned runs. That's huge. Is that something with uh, his warm-up preparation? There? You know what? That, that has part of it, but I think a lot of times and it's, it's basically a league-wide kind of trend. You'll see a lot of starting pitchers give up more runs early in a, in a game Absolutely. versus later. That's why we have the openers. Toughest That's, inning. Uh, well... How about when the opener struggles? I know, right? Well, yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily agreeing thing. with it, but that's the you know, that's the Would mentality you prefer, behind it. We know Sergio Romo, whoever the opener is, is going to give up runs at some point during a season. Would you prefer that those come in the first inning or the eighth inning? Well, here's here's something to throw at you. If you look at league-wide trends, show me what the percentage is, what happens to a team when they score first. Do you know what the numbers are? You win like 60% of the time. It's higher than that, 70% of the time. Okay, yes, you're right. But when you t- lose the lead in the eighth inning, which is... Uh, when Romo's coming in or whoever the Yeah, but that is. doesn't count. Like, if you're looking at league, a league-wide stat, just a general number, sure. it's not saying how many runs need to be scored first. But it's don't, score, but don't starters scores, give up runs in the first inning? It, 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 sure, I, I get that. But the whole argument of, and I love the opener because I, I'm actually on board for it. The problem is, is if the opener poops the bed. Yeah, because it's different, it's going to take more heat. Well, not only that, yeah, if he poops the bed and then it eats up, and let's say like bullpen guy after bullpen guy is ineffective, now you're going to really... You're talking about the repercussion. The repercussion right, okay. over multiple days, that's where you start seeing... Yeah, that's the biggest the, question, That's completely course. fair. Yes. That's completely fair. I completely understand that uh, with regards to an opener. I would, would uh, want to see the numbers based on how often has the opener allowed runs in the first inning based on, or versus starter. Compared to a starter. Right. Yeah. I would imagine it's actually lower. We don't that's have enough guess. data points. I know, yet, we so don't yet. Find right. that and number out, if, and then I'll be all on board. I don't know, like, also Ryan. the quality of relievers, Good too. Man for coming I appreciate back. it. Thank that's you so much. Yeah, I love you guys. Well, that was awesome. That was great. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Spilborgs, Colorado Rockies, <laughs> broadcaster, good guy, and former player, by the way. So back to Marquez. Yes. Um, and kind of finishing up on him. He's got the raw stuff. That first inning thing, by the way, how, that's how great. much was Spilborgs right there? Oh, yeah. Just like, okay, just, check his first it. inning. Um, that's <laughs> devastating. 11-18 OPS in the first inning. And then if you look at it, just like um, by inning, goes down to 735. So, so my argument there I wanted to bring up uh, was oftentimes guys are figuring out what they have and they don't know in the bullpen. They don't know what it's going to be. And they kind of groove it out in the first. And it doesn't seem to me like Marquez doesn't have he doesn't have any groove with his stuff overall. Yeah. Like his curveball isn't effective overall. Slider's not what it should be. 
And his fastball can't really do it on the his own. slider's new, in fairness. That's okay. He was really yeah, right, dabbling sure. with it last year, and he's only up to 13% this year. He has pulled the bike on, on fastballs as he well. He doesn't have a changeup. He doesn't really have a feel no. for one. So, so first innings, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to get in this game, and that might be part of the process. Because if the fastball isn't working, and, and Spielberg said that he right. can't get to his curve, exactly. what the hell are you going to use yep. in the first inning? And, of course, that's the toughest right. inning. Well. Everyone's ramping up, and you're going to face the best players inherently. So Marquez right now is definitely some that is very raw. Uh, I can't really recommend him for much. I'm not even sure he's Rocky Mountain away. No, I mean, he's, he's on the border, of, especially after these last four starts. I mean, it is absolutely atrocious. 19 earned runs in four starts. And this isn't even against bad teams. This is against bad teams. Yes. At Philly, Mets. home against the Mets, home against the, the Dodgers, and understandably the Diamondbacks. The improved still. Diamondbacks, right. but they weren't doing They have David Peralta. This <laughs> his favorite guy. It is your favorite player. my other player. favorite guy? Oh, it's uh, Derek Dietrich, Derek of course. Dietrich, who we got to see hit a home run. No, not my favorite guys, but apparently I, I bring them up four, a lot. Just, You're I'm not the only around. one to have pointed out that, like, I talk an inordinate amount of time about David Peralta and Derek Dietrich. Yes. My uh, my NFBC co-owner, I keep trying. We drafted Dietrich, so I got him on board with that. Right. Then we cut him, and then, like, every week I'm like, what about Dietrich? He's like, Paul, come on, stop. We got to do this. We but you know what? so many places. And he's awesome. Okay, anyway. Anyway, let's bring That's it back Marquez. in. Let's yeah. finish it up. Chad Bettis. Chad Bettis. Hey, well, that's up for you NL only leaguers because that's really, really where you're going to get. <laughs> Chad Bettis is completely not doing the, the Rocky Mountain way. I'm sorry. No, but is there, again, we're talking NL only. You don't really get to the choice to be so picky. picky. With it. A guy who is taking his turn every fifth day, is there any value? in a Chad Bettis who shows glimpses but that goes back to the thing that we talk about on the show a lot that a fourth or fifth starter to be a major league fourth or fifth starter you gotta have like 12 to 15 good starts every year I mean Spore this is literally what we're dealing with here it's five straight starts of at least five runs or more wow it was five, 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 eight. that's disgusting I, I just I would rather try anything honestly I mean we had Andrew Suarez and Derek Rodriguez we're talking about them this past weekend yep I would much rather go with that. And they're barely owned. Derek Rodriguez is about 2% in ESPN and Yahoo leagues combined. Wow. I would so much rather go after that. And he doesn't have to pitch in cores half the time. That's Derek Rodriguez, son of Pudge Rodriguez, throwing tomorrow. So if you need a spot start, I picked it up on the recommendation. I gave you I mean, who else? Andrew Suarez. Andrew Suarez was today and Derek Rodriguez tomorrow. Actually, how did... Uh, Let's see I how the two Suarez. Well, Suarez well and Lyles, because I gave you all. I gave you those two, and then Derek. Right. And you so, instantly went to Derek. Well, yes. Yeah, Suarez say four Ks, five point two innings pitch. That's a Philly in my book. Eight. What? So Explain one. what a Philly is. Philly is a close but no cigar, like a Philly like one. A Philly cigar. And of course, the Phillies were known at the beginning of the year. Oh, to and then Lyles died. Allow them go to six innings. Wait, what do you mean he died? He did not pitch. Oh, what happened? I have no idea. Obviously, got pulled. Okay, so there you go. Wait, I don't even think he threw a pitch though. So. Did he get like ejected? I don't know. We we are we've been at the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, we don't know what happened anyway. Okay, so Bettis, there's really not too too much. No, I would not be. I would just be chasing like anything else. I under understand that maybe second half could be better, but at this point, I would rather just go after something else. Yeah, and again with the Rocky with Colorado, it's so difficult. Right. Um, I'm trying to see if they have any guys that could come up in the in the in in the summer here, and I'm not really seeing any. So I think that's going to kind of cover it. Yeah, that's for their starters there. How great has this trip been? This has been a phenomenal this trip. Really if you guys awesome. saw us last night, we had a great time. Thanks for coming out. Thank you for those of you in the in the uh, yeah, greater was, Denver really area fun. who came out. Uh, the the guy who asked me for my autograph that uh, that's going to go to my head. That's going to be a problem for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be awesome. 
No, um, so it's been great. We're going to go have some pizza here. And yes. This is actually perfect timing. We're supposed to meet down in the lobby at Oh, this seven. is why we did this. So we're going to have to go ahead and wrap it up. And I uh, appreciate you guys coming out. For yeah. those of you that are my Twitch streamer uh, viewers, I will be back tomorrow. I'll be home tomorrow afternoon. I'll be streaming tomorrow evening. For Nick Pollock, I'm Paul Spore. And I'm Nick Pollock. Peace. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.